Today's Bible passage is from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 27. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here, happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but did not find his body. They came and told us that they had seen the vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Right. Happy Easter uh, to everyone. Uh, what a great message uh, from our Joyland kids and their uh, skit and uh, praise for the monument monumental event that occurred 2,000 years ago that Christians celebrate at least once a year, um, hopefully more frequently, much more frequently than that. Easter is an extraordinary day. Uh, it's a mind-boggling vision that came from the heart of God to address the pitiful human condition. Left to our own devices, humanity imprisoned itself through violence and sorrow and injustice. Uh, the power of sin and shame and death was finally broken by the Son of God himself in his resurrection from the dead. Uh, as it unfolded, uh, Easter rocked the hearts and minds of those who were alive to witness it. Uh, the challenge I would like to issue for us today uh, is to consider whether Easter occupies uh, each of us with the same sense of wonder and transformational impact it had upon the Christians of the first century. No matter how many Easter's we live through and commemorate, we should never get tired of the tremendous nature of Jesus' rising from the dead thereby ushering in a brand new era in history, both chronologically and redemptively. That's what I was trying to get at through my title, More Than Just the Gospel, More Than Just the Gospel. I did try to make it kind of sound intentionally controversial. Uh, maybe some of you are anticipating that Pastor Daniel was going to say something strange today, well, more than I usually do, uh, say that there's more to life, more to the truth than the gospel. 
Uh, sorry to disappoint, but uh, I included the word gospel in the title, not for its uh, theological meaning, but more for kind of a definitional approach. So the word gospel, gospel is adapted from God spiel or God spiel or God spell, good story or good news. Right? Uh, that's the conventional translation of the Greek word euangelion, which referred to in New Testament times as glad tidings or good news. Uh, I believe the technical usage was to announce the birth or the ascension of the Caesars in Roman times. Uh, somehow, they believed their triumph meant good news throughout the realm. Well, what a misnomer. The Christians, however, co-opted that word uh, to describe the truly good news of Jesus' incarnation, crucifixion, and of course, the resurrection. I wanted my title to suggest that the Easter story is just more than just good news, more than the gospel, more than gospel. It's extraordinary news. It's the greatest news uh, we can ever hear. That headline should jolt our hearts, not only on Easter Sunday or when we first heard and understood the gospel, but every time we reflect on Easter Sunday or when we reflect on what Jesus accomplished on the cross and through his resurrection. So I want us to marvel once again uh, regarding the enormity, the enormity of the resurrection story. Uh, you know how people uh, say that when a significant event happens to them, and Tony said it this uh, earlier, everything changed. Everything changed for me from that point on. Well, the resurrection in my mind qualifies as kind of the quintessential thing to say that every Christian can confess. That's my everything changed moment. For Easter is unlike anything that transpired since the dawn of time. A real person really died and really came back uh, from the grave, never to die again. Uh, all our inklings and yearnings and pursuings of immortality were confirmed. Uh, probably not in the way human beings have sought, such as looking for the fountain of youth or through medical advancements, but through the love and the power of God. Many have wrestled with, theorized about, opined regarding, and even pined for confirmation that the soul survives death. There may have been some tantalizing hints here and there, but there was no definitive proof until Easter. And significantly, it wasn't through avoidance or circumvention of death that eternal life was authored and established. It was actually over death that the resurrection triumphed. Jesus took death head on and lived or relived to tell about it. In death, the uh, universal nemesis and constant of life was overthrown. Death is no longer the last word. Death isn't the final victor. Life survives, love prevails, justice endures. Death dies, violence loses, sin is judged. We really can live happily ever after if we are in Christ. Therefore, therefore the resurrection story uh, should never become ho-hum uh, to us. 
it's more than a spring holiday with beautiful flowers and uh, activities for kids. It's more than a nice little narrative from the Bible. It's more than a pocket miracle. It's a true, truly new beginning, a new creation, a new uh, future. You know, we talk a lot about like something happening like in the movies that blows a hole through the space-time continuum. Now, well, Easter is actually that thing. It's nothing less than the future breaking into the present, right? Jesus' resurrected reality from the future, right? He showed us what the future is going to be in the present, at least uh, in first century Palestine. Uh, in a sense, time was folded back onto itself. Entropy was arrested. The invisible became visible. The spiritual became palpable. We could go on and on with the hyperbole. Well, if it's so extraordinary, um, how can we keep the Easter message fresh and impactful uh, in our everyday lives? So I want to look at Luke 24 a little bit, the text to try to gain a few simple insights. Okay, how do we keep it fresh? Well, first, um, talk to each other about it. Right, talk to each other about it. Let's put our heads together. Let's intellectually grapple with some of these difficult ideas. Right? The passage we read is set in um, a walking journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus, where two of Jesus' disciples, still grieving and and confused, uh, try to make sense uh, about the uh, stupendous goings-on surrounding the death and resurrection uh, reports about Jesus. They've had a hard time mentally grasping what had happened. They just buried Jesus a few days prior, and as was customary, faithful people went to venerate the tomb and pay their final respects. Yet the courageous women that went discovered that the tomb was empty. Right? The tomb was empty, and that the angelic messengers informed them that Jesus had risen from the dead. Risen from the dead. Uh, this news was of such an incredulous nature that they didn't know what to make of it. Right, so when we encounter such things, uh, things that never happen, things that are like beyond our normal ken, beyond our plausibility structure, it helps to talk and process important matters, right, especially those that uh, involve, I think, uh, that are of a spiritual nature. Um, for whatever its ills, um, I... I'm a fan of Google. When Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google everything, Google Universe, they started doing that, and you could actually like share with anywhere around the world, anybody that you know can can edit a document together. Um, you know, uh, often I'm with Pastor Johnny, uh, and we were talking, we were going over a Google Sheet, and uh, I color coded it, and I was just like having so much fun, right? Trying to work it out together, trying to understand a, a few few things that we were uh, uh, working through, right? Uh, you know, that was our walk together, trying to trying to apprehend in our minds what this means, what that means, right? Yeah. And there's so much in our world today that are really beyond, I think, uh, just hearing and and mentally grasping, right? The, the Brooklyn shooting has just created about war in, in Ukraine, pandemic death toll. But even positive things, the miracle of Easter, I think that's something worth gathering and sharing and processing together. Maybe that'll help us stay true, stay centered on the resurrection. Uh, second, 
search the scriptures. Talk about it with each other and then search the scriptures. This could be personal, this could be corporate. Uh, this may sound a little spiritually commonplace, but there will always remain truth to be learned and treasures to discover uh, in the Bible, no matter how familiar we are with its content. Okay. Christians believe in the need for spiritual illumination. In other words, we don't have the capacity to really understand the word of God with our brains, with our experience, with our own faculties, just based on those. We can read and understand the meaning of words, but that doesn't translate to tr fully understanding what it's meant to say to us. There's more to the scriptures than just information or stories or wisdom. Right? Those have great value in and of themselves. But the Bible is God's message right, to us. His communication, the revelation of God's self-disclosure to God's people. It was written and compiled in pretty amazing ways right, by the powerful moving of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Second Peter 1 briefly, which talks about you know, how the scriptures are reliable and the method that this inspiration process took place. Uh, if you want to read it together, it would be nice. Ready, go. We also... So many awesome words there, right? The reliability, pay attention, right? That's what we're doing when we're when saying search the scriptures. Illumination, light shining in a dark place, the day dawning, the morning star rising in our hearts. Interpretation, origin, God spoke, carried along by the Holy Spirit. Right? There is help, there is power, there is insight uh, gained uh, when we search uh, the scriptures. Right? The word of God is designed not only to teach us about God and about ourselves, but how indeed sinful souls like ourselves can have a general, genuine relationship with a holy supreme being such as God. That's the mystery, that's the vision, that's the challenge. So to explain the resurrection, Jesus walked alongside and walked through with the two disciples the scriptures, beginning with Moses and the prophets, about what it said concerning himself. It was all right there. They just needed illumination. So he helped them understand and come to faith. So let's study scriptures with great commitment. Right? Let's be devoted to it. Let's study it with great constancy. Don't let up. Don't skip. Don't find other things that are more urgent to do. Therein lies so many answers. Is there something about life, something about ourselves, something about suffering, something about the resurrection, something about heaven that we have trouble grasping? Search the scriptures. Don't assume. Don't give up. Don't settle. Let God's light shine in our, on our shadowy and shallow understandings. So talk about it with each other. Search the scriptures. The last way that I thought the text teaches us uh, about how to keep Easter more front and center, as you might guess, uh, 
is to keep vibrant your walk with the resurrected Lord, right? Our relationship with Jesus is he who died and rose uh, from the dead. Easter, all, after all, Easter is about him. He was the one who went through it. He was the one who experienced it. I think he has a, uh, he'll be able to teach us and show us and explain to us things and help us uh, 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 more readily relate and connect with this event and its impact. If we want to know about the resurrection, uh, he would be the expert. He could be the one who helps us understand or appreciate its singularity, uh, its significance. Mona always loves to tell the story about Henry Ford, right? So uh, a, a guy had a Model T and the car broke down on the side of the road and try as he might, he couldn't get to he couldn't get it started again. He, he messed with all of, he opened the hood, he tried to fix things, but it wouldn't start. And then uh, an old man uh, came driving by, stopped uh, next to him, came out and says, uh, do you need some help, Sonny? And the guy, the first driver was like, what do you know, old man? You know, what can you, how can you help me? You know, this is, this is an intricate machine and, and all that. But sure enough, the, the man uh, touched a few uh, valves and you know uh, stuck things in and in um, about a minute a couple minutes later uh, he told him the driver start the engine try the engine and it turned over and the car was fine turned out that the old man was Henry Ford did I already give away the punchline <laughs> I did right <laughs> oh shucks <laughs> yeah uh, yeah uh, Henry Ford uh, he knew the car inside out so, you know, of course, we say Jesus knows the Christian life inside out. He knows God inside out, especially the resurrection. I have a more modernized version of that. Um, when I was an engineer, my first job, um, I was uh, assigned, a, I, worked on a, a, I worked in a company that had um, uh, memory chips, right, in the Silicon Valley. And um, there were uh, several different uh, types of chips, uh, different sizes and stuff. So I had a, I was assigned a product that was mature. It had already been out in the field for like five, ten years and stuff. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of information about it, but we kind of ran into, my team ran into a few, uh, we wanted to make a few tweaks uh, to kind of either how it was tested or uh, how it was um, kind of manufactured and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of poured over it like a number of engineers. I was the youngest of the group, but we, we worked on it for weeks and stuff like that. And we got stuck a few times because we had to not only kind of know our field, but kind of look at some of the schematic diagrams and, and that kind of thing. So we were like kind of, you know, staying up and staying long, uh, for uh, working hard on this. And then somebody goes, well, why don't we ask uh, the, d the designer? Like he's in the next building. This guy, and he's a famous guy named Izao Nojima, right? And his initials were on the chip itself. And so, you know, we, we asked him and he came and like, he goes, oh, you know, he, he was done in like two minutes, something we spent two weeks on, right? Yeah, that's the lesson, right? In the scriptures is where uh, Jesus, uh, or uh, Jesus is explained, he's described. Even there's something mystical about it, right? Uh, we could say that Jesus is not only talked about in the word, but he is uh, the word. Uh, you'll notice that it wasn't until Jesus showed up and started walking with the two disciples that they began to have their eyes and hearts opened. So no matter how we try 
with our own minds, with our own abilities to understand, um, there will be uh, aspects, there will be insights that we can only get as we fellowship and worship uh, the resurrected one. It's pretty remarkable, if you think about it, um, how the resurrection transformed the disciples. Right? Uh, after Jesus' execution, they were all hiding out behind locked doors in fear of further persecution from the religious leaders. But after they met the resurrected Lord, right, depicted by our disciples and Thomas and, 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 and Jesus, um, how they began, their, their, their courage skyrocketed. They began to openly and boldly uh, preach the gospel. It, you know, it wasn't just the knowledge that Jesus rose from the dead, but the experience, right, the reality that Jesus rose and that he dwelled alive and well uh, in them. And it's really uh, noticeable that in their preaching, how customarily, how regularly they mentioned Jesus rising from the dead. It's actually the key component of their preaching. Right? Many of the facts around Jesus' ministry and life were already pretty public. But the resurrection was new. That's what nobody had uh, seen before. The message was astounding, even crazy, unprecedented, unparalleled. And so it held a prom prominent place in the theology practice and proclamation of the early church. So in, in light of the recent sermons on evangelism, I started reading a book um, called The Forgotten Gospel by Mark McGrath. Um, the author makes the point that when we study the preaching of the early church, the, mes the messages actually center not on the cross per se, but on the resurrection. The resurrection was a distinguishing declaration of the Christian witness. Belief in the resurrection was the difference between a follower of Christ and an unbeliever, right? Argu arguably even more so than the death of Jesus. His point is that many good people died on the cross. A lot of people were dying, right? But only one came back to show that God had appointed him as savior and ruler of all. Now, while I'm still trying to process all that in my own mind, um, the scriptural examples that are cited, they're pretty uh, compelling. Uh, at least it goes to show that the resurrection needs to hold a special place, not only in our gospel sharing, but in our Christian thinking and practice. Right? Jesus rose from the dead to be Lord of all. Lord of me, Lord of you, Lord of all of us. So am I conscious of that? Is that uh, footprint, let's say, uh, evident uh, in my life? Is my Christian witness reflective of the power of the resurrection? Why am I ruled by things, the things of life, which seem to be more decaying than thriving, more hopeless than exciting, more fleeting than eternal? Right? We may live in a Good Friday world, but we are called to be a Easter people. That's how I read it read it somewhere. Uh, wrapping up, I leave us with this question. Yeah. Does my life evince an, an appropriate impact made by the resurrection of Jesus? It was an enormous event, 
a very enormous uh, proof, enormous evidence uh, in my daily life. Yesterday, we I got a chance to, uh, the youth let me join their uh, movie outing. They went to go see uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, is that the title? Okay. And I hadn't seen the first uh, two, but um, I enjoyed watching uh, that. If you want to chat with me after service, I'd be willing to talk with you about my impressions about, about the movie. Um, but there's one part, somebody asked, I think, I who asked me, are you talking about the sermon tomorrow? In the sermon tomorrow, and I go, just one part. There's this one scene where the, it's not a spoiler, I don't think, the, the bad wizard uh, is able to extract with his wand a single memory from one of his like cronies or somebody who was assigning something to, right? He was able to, and it's like a sliver of a memory, I guess it's a set of memories, right, from that guy's mind so that he wouldn't be kind of whatever, he wouldn't be um, controlled or affected by that memory because it would mess up the assignment that the bad guy wanted uh, to give, right? If you ever watched an old movie called um, The Something Something of Being, uh, what's it called? Uh, does anyone know what I'm talking about? It had um, where this, it had Jim Carrey in one of his serious roles where this, was it, What's her name? Kate Winslet? And uh, they, uh, huh? No, no, it was it, huh? The eternal enchantment of lightness of being. Uh, okay, if you know it, well, they, they, they did it. They submitted themselves to this process where they forgot, be able to forget about each other so they wouldn't be so heartbroken or something like that. Anyway, too much cultural detail, sorry. Um, I was thinking, like, if we had that ability and that device and we were able to take out certain memories, how different would my life be? And this, I never want this to happen, but if you were able to take Easter out of my brain, <laughs> out of my, my story, out of my life, how different would I be? Would my actions, my choices, my, my emotions, pre-Easter and post-Easter, right, would there be any difference? In other words, you know, how much of a impact does the uh, Easter, the resurrection event, uh, give to me how different um, of a world, uh, how different would my life uh, be. Uh, Martin Buber is a famous Jewish philosopher. Um, he once said that he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah because when he looked at Christians, it didn't really look like they really believed. Right? Uh, he said that if he, uh, if he was a Christian, he would be shouting from the rooftops that to uh, sharing the, the message about Jesus. So uh, kind of like Darren, or you guys see Darren when <laughs> it was totally unscripted, but he started rocking for for Christ uh, even before uh, you know the other kids were were doing. I think Martin Buber was looking for that kind of <laughs> excitement, right? And he he said this word. He said, "I he sensed a certain kind of unredeemedness." It's a long word. I'm not sure if it's a real word. Unredeemedness. Like Christians really aren't different. They really aren't changed. And I thought that was a very challenging indictment um, and comment made uh, about us. Easter is a fun holiday. It's nice. It's a nice time to host an extravaganza. But um, sometimes life just goes on. Uh, life does, literally does, but because of the gospel uh, and not because of anything else, because of the resurrection, right? Life should not, life goes on in a special way, right? I hope you experience that. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, um, thank you for... Um, making Easter happen.
even though it was uh, out of the blue in many ways, it was just uh, so unexpected. It was so uh, so unique, so singular. Um, you talked about it. Uh, it's there in the scriptures to understand. The Lord Jesus spoke about his uh, suffering and his glory to his disciples. Um, so when it happened, Lord, um, there were those who were ready, those who understood, and those that it took a while. Uh, we stand in their shoes. Uh, we want to be uh, people of Easter, Easter people. We want to not only understand what it means, but to see its change, see its message written all over our lives, written all over our church, written all over our families, all over our communities, and all over our practices, and all over our, our words. Please allow that to happen by your grace and your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay.